Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bo. All right. And the Junto is a club founded by Benjamin Franklin way back when America was great. The purpose of the Junto is to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy. Our show's not quite that stuffy, but here and there we stumble upon something profound between the geeky jokes. The Junto is three friends, one black, that's me, one white, and one Asian who get together and discuss the news of the day, leadership, pop culture, and whatever else comes to mind. We bring our perspective to the table and hash it all out. <laughs> all right. Rapid fire news. Rapid fire. Okay, so this like a side note, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking a lot about like Thomas Jefferson lately and how he was like kind of a, a lot worse person than people thought or whatever. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, man, we named our podcast after him. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's uh, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Woo." laughs> He's worse. <laughs> yeah. It would be funny. No, he's actually pretty okay, which is I'm like, ooh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> All right, so rapid fire news. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Uh, first up, we have a war I can get behind. <laughs> okay. The U.S. and Japan have both prepared their robots for the upcoming skirmish. Do you guys oh, remember this? Oh, man. It was, like, it was like two years ago or something is like that. Is it the that. robot war? The it, giant robot war? Yeah, it was like two manufacturing companies, one American, one Japanese, were like, we're both going to create giant mechs and mm-hmm. then have them fight. And that's it's coming up. When, what? When how how big are these giant mechs? They're pretty right. big. Yeah. Uh, do you see it, Bo? Yeah. They're they're like um, Pacific feet tall. Not Pacific Rim. No. No, 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 no. They're like uh like the power loaders from uh from Alien. Maybe like ten feet uh, tall. Yeah. They're, All right. they're bigger than power loaders. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 10, 15, 15 feet. Yeah. Maybe. You're yeah. You're right. Right. So the one that uh, the Americans built, it's got like a big uh Captain America style star on its arm, tank treads. This thing's got like a, it's not quite guns, but it had like some type of uh. Like bing bag guns on it. I was like, yeah, well, yeah, if you need yeah, to put yeah. guns on these well, things, th- I think yeah, the not only too thing far away <laughs> there. The only thing that I I see that I go, oh, that's so cool. But the fight is gonna be so lame. No, I, well, probably, but because like I, I if, saw a video. If it was if it was really good, there two giant robots really fighting. Mm-hmm. It would be like carnage and destructive. And there's an easy <laughs> chance for the pilot of one of them to die. You know, or both. Oh, yeah, and that's not gonna happen. So they're gonna be like, okay, is there a pilot on there? Or is it really like remotely controlled? No, it's a, there's a guy in there. Like there's a, a person in there? Like with the, the arm controls, like, like rock wow. em, sock em robots. Yeah. Wow. If you were to actually rock em, sock em, the other thing, yeah. you would smash the cockpit and crush the pilot's head. And then and, and we don't want that, right? No. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd probably World watch star. It, they're, like, they're going to have this like fight on an aircraft carrier, like in uh, in international waters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, how many get beanbag shots can you get to the other? So, so uh, we can put money down? Who, who's going to win? I haven't seen the Japanese robot yet. I'm all for that. Da- Come on. Japanese <laughs> build robots. That's what they do. Yeah. <sighs> they they have built several like yeah. Gundams. Like, like I, I heard a, what's a Planet Money podcast talking about how is ja- Japan solving the child care epidemic problem over there, right? Mm-hmm. Robots. Robots. Robot nannies. That's their solution. Uh, that's how they get that's you. Crazy. That's how they get you. <laughs> yeah. Your kid's like, I-, I love you, mom, one, one, zero, one, 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 zero, zero, zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so for our listeners, the robots look kind of like the Monday Night Football robots, but with tank treads. Uh, I said it 30 feet tall. I don't think it's 30 feet tall. Maybe like 15. Again, taller by the second. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's about uh, it's faster than I expected. So I watched a video on it, and I was like, it's going to look stupid, like Bo was saying. Like, it's going to be like, ooh, and they're going to tip over. But uh, it was pretty dexterous. Uh, it had beanbag guns. It had a claw, and it, mm-hmm. like, it like crushed a, uh, a barrel. I was like, oh, it's got wow. a crushing power on this thing. It's gonna look look out for that. I'm a huge robot fan, so Pacific Rim, Gundams, mm-hmm. uh, Transformers, you name it. So I'm gonna follow this robot news pretty closely. Yeah. You've got to mention Real Steel. That movie is great. I like that movie, man. <laughs> that is uh, that Hugh is, Jackman. I, he can do no it, wrong. Wasn't it based off like a 
a movie from the 80s? If so, I need to watch that movie. It was like, at, that movie made me want to like, you know, call my dad. It was like a... Oh. I, I didn't. But <laughs> 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 All right, anyway, so uh, next. Next, uh, next up. Pew! Uh, Dunkin' Donuts is considering removing donuts uh, about time from its name really? about time i mean who says dunkin donuts just say dunkin i i only call it dunkin donuts i thought this was the stupidest thing so do you call it dunkin donuts or dunkin Bo? uh i don't go to dunkin donuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh well okay so why why are they getting rid of donuts is donut sales donut sales are down if Dunkin I, sales so are i heard about this and uh my uh corporate mindset immediately went to well I don't want to associate my brand, which is very renowned, obviously, to just donuts these days. Coffee is a huge seller. Okay. There's other stuff they sell too, breakfast sandwiches and so forth. So they're, they're, I think this is their first step to make sure, hey, we're more than donuts. We do everything. Yeah, it's probably too much sugar in the donuts. I mean, everybody's trying to go vegan and get healthy and gluten and blah, blah, blah. So they're like, okay, we can focus on selling yeah. this coffee instead of these donuts. But, so, and their donuts are trash. No, so. but the cool takeaway here is that they're still better than Krispy Kreme. Okay, next topic. <laughs> next topic. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. First of all, Duncan, I like. We're still on this topic. Yes, I feel strongly about this. Well, that you just can't name it Duncan because it's like dunking is a thing. It's like a basketball store or something. People, oh, okay. People don't get confused. I bet you after this, uh, Krispy Kremes go fall soon. You just call it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> they do need to grab one cream. of those K's though. I like, I love Krispy Kreme, but you can't be putting too many K's in your Ooh, names. <laughs> Why did they put another K in there? Man, I stopped going. Would you? Or I said both. <laughs> <for me. laughs> Krispy Kreme coffee. And how much money do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm just like, why? Don't do it. Yeah. Hey, how much I mean, money? Be alert that made made that through all the corporate decision making, and and then they finally see it in print. Like, like ooh, need <sighs> to hire a black guy. <laughs> uh, hey, so how much money do you think Dunkin' Donuts is worth? I'm gonna guess twenty billion. Okay, uh, it's in the billions, mm-hmm. but I think I want to say around just one. three. Three. Three to four. Uh, fourteen point six. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, Round up. I win. <laughs> or the uh, prices right rules, which I always thought was stupid. Hmm. All right. Uh, next news. In the wake of the slants ruling at the Supreme Court, I think we talked about that here, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we released that part or not, but uh, the the story is that there was a Asian rock band that wanted to name themselves the quote unquote offensive name, the Slants, mm-hmm. and then uh, they were not granted a patent for that, and then it w- they went to the Supreme Court to they fight won. for to, uh, free speech. And they won. Mm-hmm. And then the Supreme Court said that basically uh, we are not going to police offensive language. Slant, you win. Yada, yada, yada. Now people are trying to patent the N-word uh, <laughs> and uh, swastikas and uh, everything else that is horrible and crazy under the sun. Now that uh, it's open season on that whole thing. So. But you're actually kind of behind that, right? What? No. I'm against it. I'm behind it. Well, let's say, what if Black Lives Matter patents the swastika? And then every time a white supremacist wants to use it, they have to pay Black Lives Matter. That actually is oh, what's happening. Oh, the irony. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can hear Alanis Morissette playing her song already. <laughs> is that what I said? Who, who sang it? Alanis Morissette? Yeah, ironic. Yeah. Isn't it ironic? Okay. Don't you think? So the thing is, right, uh, I think uh, Planet Money or somebody did do a show about this. There were, okay. like, there were two people who applied for uh, patents for swastika, and they were both good guys who were trying to patent it so that uh, the evil people couldn't use it. And I was like, well, that worked out this time that the good people were faster on the draw. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a slippery slope there. Yeah. I do think it'd be funny if the Black Lives Matter patented the swastika and then the uh, neo-Nazis patented the Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> and they're paying royalties to each other? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Society would be so confused. <laughs> um, just, Who's the good guy? 
I don't know. No, that's how they are now. Just freaking idiots. <laughs> all right, and that's rapid fire news. <laughs> Boom. For all of us here at News Center Four, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Hunter Show. I'm Bo. I'm oh, I'm Johnny. <laughs> There's nothing to be ashamed about, Johnny. No. And I'm Lance. I'm super proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for today's philosophical moral question, okay. Uh, this was actually a discussion that I was having with some guys at work uh, on lunch because I only talk at lunch because I'm super busy, super super productive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there a such thing as a selfless deed? So uh, the, the the discussion was going. Uh, one of my coworkers, he, he's he's like real deep, you know, but like not really, but kind of. So he was saying that <laughs> that like uh, that you know, I I love that introduction. <laughs> he's a nice he's guy. He's really deep, but you know, not not really. <laughs> he's a nice guy, but he was like, um, you know, uh, everybody wants to to help the world out and do all the stuff like that, but they're doing it because they're they're selfish. Like you're doing it because it feels good to you. And I, and he was like, you know, and it's nothing. That's not altruistic if you're doing it for your own satisfaction. And I was like, well, I mean, so basically what you're saying is the only way to, like, get good karma points for doing a deed is if you hate the deed that you're doing. <laughs> no, well, maybe not just hate, but at least feel neutral or indifferent to a degree about it. Yeah, so I, I don't know. That that bugged me. I was like, okay, so if I go and help the homeless and then I like helping the homeless, like, that's a benefit for the homeless people nope. and also for me. Can't do it anywhere. Maybe it's <laughs> different. No, that, that reminds me of... Um, Y'all read the uh, the Da Vinci Code? Yeah, actually yeah. I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that villain there, the wasn't he like a some sort of religious person that would strap a a uh, thing around their leg, thigh or something for pain on purpose, and then he'll yeah. pull a little tighter every time. Yeah, the yep. uh, assassin, I think, I think it was. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like that. Well, that he was more like a like a New Age flagellate or something. A what? A what? A flagellate. <laughs> a farter? No. <laughs> so it was no. a New Age farter. Okay, I, maybe maybe I'm not saying it right. <laughs> So in the in the Flagellant. during the plague, right? Mm-hmm. People farted, <laughs> and they were uh, called the flagellant. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, f- um, let's see if I'm. Yeah. So, so I think my point there you though think was it's the right like, word, Johnny. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He might be. But yeah, I think my point there is like I think he is serving his religion's work, but he didn't want to get any pleasure out of it, maybe, mm-hmm. and he used that as a motivation, as a reminder, to say, "Hey, it's flagellant." Is that what you said? That's not much no. better. That's not much better. Okay, so they're practitioners of extreme mortifications of their own flesh by whipping. So essentially, during the during the Black Plague, right, mm-hmm. they thought that this Black Plague was God's punishment, and so they groups of people would walk around cities trying to um, basically take the sins of that community and with flagellate it. on them. Well, flagellate. <laughs> so to to flail someone is to hit them with like a whip, right? Yeah. So they take a cat of nine tails and they just sit there, whip themselves, walking yeah. through the streets. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That's yeah. A, there was a character on Boardwalk Empire wow. that did that. It's like, like he would uh, bang a hooker and then like whip himself. Yeah, and I was like, uh, it's, oh, it's fine. Horrible. It's like the black plague. Oh, the world's not bad enough yet. Let me also whip myself. Yeah. Well, so I mean, to, to that guy's mind, he was trying to make things better, and like the yeah. only way he knew to do it was yeah. to beat himself. Also, I feel like you want to open a wound. <laughs> with your beating yourself with a cat of nine tails, and the yeah. last thing you want to do is have like an open wound. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like during uh, plague times. Oh, okay, so so do you think that um, it is like morally better to do something useful for society that you don't enjoy, or or yeah. or, 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 or do you make a, a distinction between an activity that you enjoy I, I, and I, one that you don't? Yeah, I think or, we should dissect that good feeling 
the the general term of they feel good about doing whatever deed it was i would think it's okay but if we dissect that a little further why do they feel good about it is it because they've now self-promoted themselves now they've made some money on the side now they have met their uh, community service hours like and there's all levels to it i think it i think it you know behooves ourselves to define what good feelings and why that is so so one i say none of it matters to me like if you're out there doing something no matter why you're doing it uh i am for it still good i think in general case of if you're talking ones and zeros and uh, robots it's still good clearly on the good side but if they're doing it and they're making a kickback and they're getting a fame and popularity out of it and that's what they really wanted still a good deed but it kind of takes away from a little bit Mm -hmm. And I, I do want to say this question's, you know, obviously not new. And I, you know, I, I was a, a member of Audible and there was yeah. the great books, the great courses, right? And so one of them was um, a topic on existentialism, right? And so I listened to all the existential topics and they talked about this one book called The Confession. And this was written back in, I think this is the book. Uh, I want to say it was written back in like the 40s or something. And... Uh, I think this is the same one, but there was essentially this uh, one guy, he was doing good for society, right? Mm-hmm. And he it, he drove himself mad by over-rationalizing, like, am I doing this good for society or am I doing it all for myself? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. And so, well, I don't know if, I think the, the answer the came out, uh, what was the answer? It was essentially like it it didn't matter. If okay, you're good. doing it for yourself or you're doing it for society, That's you're, the way you're I doing feel. it. So good. You know, and so in in a in a search for meaning of your own life, if you talk to the existentialist, it's not really so much the the intentions behind it. It's just you're doing something, so you're giving your, yourself meaning. Okay, so that's what the existentialists say. Did that did that convince you of that same uh, vein of thinking when you were reading? Or did you or do you disagree? Uh so if you if you listen to the course on existentialism from the great courses, it doesn't really convince you of anything. I th- I thought the whole thing thing was very confusing, actually. Mm-hmm. So I never understood existentialism, and I still don't. Yeah, I really didn't either, because it, essentially it's 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 like an eight to ten hour course or something like that, mm-hmm. right? And for the first seven hours, he, the guy just kind of goes through different uh, books and different uh, philosophers that kind of lead up to these points, and then the last one, he's like, "Now I've told you all what existentialism." Uh, it, or I've, I've told you all these stories and it's still not clear what existentialism is <laughs> and I'm like of course it is what is existentialism I was but, like well uh, you did a bad job he's like and, uh, and I've and done my it. job and I've done a bad job at my job <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you've already paid so <laughs> yeah so that's, that's kind of that's, that's, I, would, I wouldn't recommend that series so. it's funny that I feel like you were trying to in the beginning and yes. <laughs> then you turned around no <laughs> he talked himself out of it <laughs> yeah okay so, so do you think that it uh, matters or should matter the reason behind why somebody is doing a good deed. I think in it, if if it's only like a one-time thing, then no. Okay. Hmm. What I, what if it's a what what if okay like Johnny said I I am selling books on how to help people and whatnot and everything I'm doing I'm helping I've helped a million people because I want to get rich doing it and I want to and I want to drive a Ferrari. So I'm that's the only reason I'm out there giving money to Africa. Yeah. Is totally to, cool because I'm just trying to get this Ferrari. Okay. How do you feel about that? You still helped out people, right? Yeah, a million. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm yeah. fine with, so obviously yeah. I'm fine with someone getting personal gain. If, you know, I, I would think the, the basis of trade and capitalism is we both 
agree on something that makes us both better off in the end. So yeah. if if you do something for me and in return you're getting a Ferrari at the end, mm-hmm. then I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah, so, we, so yeah, I like it. That's how I feel. So how about this year? How about Jared from Subway? Right, right. I he's. Feel like I'm going to go ahead and disagree. <laughs> 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 so, so through him, he's helped hundreds and thousands of people lose weight. All right, but okay. then he pedal files the kid. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's those two are unrelated. <laughs> okay, really bad. Okay, got it. Okay, <laughs> next one. What about that, that, Bill Cosby? That's a, I mean, <laughs> so so that is an interesting. What about? Hold on. Hitler. <laughs> Wait, let me. Let me. No. Well, he did. He Hitler did. Uh, he brought up the eco- economics of Germany and whatnot. Yeah. It's like okay. Well, George Washington owned slaves, founded the country. Yeah, it's yeah. like, is he a he good did guy? Good too. Is he a yeah, bad guy? Exactly. Like, what are, what are we talking exactly. here? Exactly. What are we talking here? So, so like, as soon as you, you cross the threshold of something bad and evil, you have to you have yeah, to go back yeah. further in history. So it's not as, yeah. you know, like oh. people. So people don't have any kind of. Um, baggage with it, like Genghis Khan. I was, like say, I, was, I was thinking Genghis Khan. Is he he's, he's celebrated the, he's as a one, hero? In in Mongolia, he is. He's a horrible guy. He killed tons of people. Yeah. Even though we're all related to him. <laughs> but but there's a lot of people that say that, you know, he is the um, person that helped bring the modern world into existence. He created the Silk Road. He created, or didn't create the Silk Road, but he made sure the Silk Road worked for hundreds yeah. of years, bringing civilization good from the east to west. And so I think the question might be now, how much bad can I do before it wipes away all the good I've done? Well, it wasn't even anything bad. It was, it was just, like ten to one. It was like ten to one, maybe. It wasn't even bad. It was just good for the for good for the b- wrong reasons. I'm sure he's killed people though. Who? Jared? Khan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Genghis Khan killed a yeah. bunch of people. So he killed yeah. tons of people. And I'm sure he's yeah, Mil- millions of people. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, here's another character, um, Dexter from the Showtime. Ah yes, show. Dexter. Right. He's probably killed a lot of murderers and bad people. Yeah. But when I was watching the show, as soon as he killed one innocent person, done. He's he's a bad guy. Mm, oh. Bad guy. It is tough to defend killing innocent people. Yeah, I kind of think that. of him like a king snake. So a king snake eats other snakes. Oh, cool. You know, so I I go the enemy of my enemy is a king snake. Does a king snake every so often eat say a bunny? <laughs> <laughs> probably they probably eat mice and stuff too. But I think their main meal is other snakes or something. Man, that's wild. That's a I was gonna call it a snake, but you know, like you know, but like the uh, the metaphorical snake, <laughs> but it's a actual snake. Yeah. I wonder how, like, how if there's a like a species of most animals that like eats the other animals. Oh, speaking of, I saw Train to Busan. <laughs> oh, is that good? Right. Yeah, it's really saving for the pop culture. <laughs> no. Okay, we'll talk about okay. it. There's some eating and eating. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's the philosophical thing. Everybody's in agreement that you can uh, do good deeds for bad reasons, and you're no. still a good person. No, <laughs> for selfish needs, yes, but not for bad reasons. Well, what do you mean? Like the bad deed stuff, like, like, like Bill Cosby. I want to get super successful and help people out to put me in a place that I can take advantage of women. Oh yeah, I like. I think R. Kelly would be a much more. Well, there's what does P have to do with anything? Well, I'd, oh, I'd rather. I'd rather be like famous. Yeah, we could talk about someone who's. Pedophile. <laughs> yeah, R. Kelly's Ooh. pedophile. Uh, define, depending on where you want to draw the line, the pedophile. But he like he likes young girls. R. Kelly hangs out at the middle school. Oh, I thought he just Oof. liked to pee on people. He he does that. Oh no, you don't. Okay, you All guys right, don't I, know. We gotta say this for Junto the After Hours show. Okay. What that R. Kelly's uh, peeing on people? Well, well, he, he peeing he, on little girls. Yeah, he pees on little girls. That's the thing. That we, just, we just earned the explicit sign again. <sighs> Poor Kenji can't listen. No, to the show no. Nah, it's R. Kelly's a worse dude than you think. Suffice it to say. Okay. Yeah, don't don't support him. You remind me of my Jeep. And that it was, <laughs> it's a 2007. 
Right. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that, that took a turn to the end there. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll bring it back around for our next segment. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Hunto Show. I'm Bo. Lance. Johnny. <laughs> That's a great intro. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're selling the sizzle, guys. Man, we're, we're, it gets better every time. <laughs> so, so leadership topic for the week, right? Um, I, again, I think I just want to have a little conversation with you and pick you all's brain about this, mm-hmm. right? So, think about who is a good role model, a leadership role model. Like this is a typical interview question, by the way. Yeah. Where they may ask you, "Hey, um, describe a uh, a role model uh, leader that you have, and why is that person your?" You know your your choice. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, okay, so I feel like in in actuality, my leadership and or management style is very similar to uh, Barack Obama's. Hmm. But I think also with all the flaws <laughs> and then downsides of his as well. So so yeah. So elaborate on that, like just quickly, yeah. one or two. Because I don't even know what his leadership style. Yeah. To be honest, actually was. So the, the good parts of it were that he was very deliberative. He would um, assemble a, a table of experts. Oh, I thought you said the Avengers. Uh, <laughs> I guess he had authority too uh, under the Sokovia Court. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> he would um, assemble a, a table of experts and hear their opinions and weigh them, and then uh, kind of take a, take a poll and make the best decision based based off of the evidence. And that's the the good part of his leadership style. He also allow people to make mistakes and um, instead of like uh, excoriating them for doing so would uh, you know accept the the error you know talk about what went wrong and move on I, I heard that from a lot of his employees they, they said that they loved, work, they loved working for him as like an actual manager mm-hmm. not just because he was this transformative figure on the downside of things about what he did or whatever he didn't focus he famously didn't focus on building relationships with like say the opposition party in Congress yeah. or whatever I argue that it would have been a waste of time if he did, but you can look back and say he didn't give it a full-throated effort like some other people would, would have. That is not the thing that he gravitates towards, like, say, a Bill Clinton mm-hmm. who, like, loves sh- uh, shaking hands, kissing babies or whatever. Joe Biden does that. Yeah, so maybe you pick the perfect deputy for that. Exactly, or, uh, sorry, right. Sorry, perfect vice president for that. Yeah, Joe Biden loves going around kissing babies yeah. and uh, people's wives. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a creepy guy. And rubbing shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, your neck looks so tense. It did feel like it was an ongoing joke. Uh, he yeah. did it a week ago. It was some, some girl at graduation or whatever he was like uh, <laughs> anyway so so yeah so um the good parts of, of obama and the bad parts of obama all right i feel like if i got to be like at that level i'd uh probably be a little bit more skeptical than him but i have a lot of the same uh benefits and uh and flaws hmm. that's interesting because you you do strike me as a relationship builder though do you like i don't like people man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially like the kind of people he has to deal with i'm not trying to talk to those people I sit down and have a beer with uh, this guy trying to take away people's health care. Yeah, so right. So in your personal life, when you encounter somebody who is, you know, not on your side or don't see eye to eye with you, and but you in this situation you're forced to work with the person, you just kind of like yeah, ran them off and I uh, or at least I put in as much effort. I mean, it's it's, it's too it's too real for uh, for the podcast, but just uh, I've been working a lot lately with mm-hmm. a guy who I know because he he has a uh, paraphernalia up. In his in his office, I know he is a uh, feels we'll say feels differently than me mm-hmm. on the key uh, issues. Okay. And we were working closely this week, and my instinct was to be like, "Well, screw you." So like, I went up there and I was Where like, "Are okay. you a Hillary shirt?" <laughs> no, <Nah, I'm, laughs> it's too far the other way. But I was like, "Okay, so th- uh, so this guy, 
he still has it up, right? So it's like even given all the stuff that's going on, he still has like his you know MAGA yeah. stuff up. I'm like, well, you give him some Donald Trump toilet paper. He's probably <laughs> like, uh. he's clearly made up his mind, and yeah. I'm just like, I don't want, I don't know that he embodies the worst beliefs of this thing or whatever. Uh, it's possible, mm. but I conducted myself in a professional manner with him. All right, I uh, I made small talk too. Yeah. That's, but, that's the most you can you can do. That's more yeah. than what most people would do, probably. So yeah. I, I wonder about that. I, yeah. I think I think I'm more uh, I feel more passionately about this than the average person. To be honest with you. I don't think I I don't know. I don't know how people feel about it. Uh, I'd be curious to see what you guys think. But at least you actually did something. Like at least you actually enabled a small talk. I, I'm saying that's more than what most people would do, probably. Yeah. Oh, you didn't, you uh, didn't, like, most people who that feel as strongly about it as right, I do. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I, I agree with that. Yeah. We'd probably just move on, avoid, be passive aggressive, something. Nah, yeah. I, I I didn't want to like. Because when you're working in an integrated environment like we were doing or whatever, mm-hmm. like it's, it's tension, yeah, yeah. A, a pebble turns into like a a, a, rock, a boulder. So, you know, I, I you know I try to conduct myself uh, professionally and yeah. do everything, whatever. But it's like if I didn't have to work with that dude, that's, that's <laughs> the Obama in you, man. I, I would. That's the Obama in you. Yep. How about you, Bo? Um, role model. Role model. So, uh, I you know it's kind of weird. I don't really, I don't feel like I look up to people. You you're never so t- do. You're so you're tall. You're so tall. <laughs> Who do you look up to, Bo? Nobody looks up to you. Well, George Mirasan. You know, like if, <laughs> if, if I, I don't know if it's just my personality, but if you hold a position of authority, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll still be like, okay, yeah. you know, you have that authority. You know, da 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 da. da. Well, I, well, yeah. So a person, you don't necessarily respect a person just because they have in a position of authority. There's a lot of buttholes that get promoted. Yeah. I think you can find somebody who you actually respect. Yeah. Or who you think is a leader in your field or mm-hmm. somebody who's accomplished something. And then or, or even a historical figure. I know you do a lot of research historically. Yeah, I would say, um, I, you know, I'm trying to think of like, uh, you know, the this, this stuff that I read is probably more military history, I guess. It's cool. You know, uh, and I'm trying to think of like, if there was someone that I would follow into battle. There you go. Um, and from what I do know, it'd probably be, I think, Alexander the Great. Mm. But, you know, that's he's such a mythical kind of figure. Mm-hmm. But essentially, he was, if you think about, like, th- like from uh, the ancient Greece up until King Arthur times, you know, who was the quintessential type of leader? King Arthur was a real person? Well, yeah, but but he, he, he I think he was <laughs> actually. I think he was. Was he actually? Yeah. No, he might have been. I don't know. I think he, King Arthur's story <laughs> is based on some <laughs> actual person. But I don't think it was actual King Arthur, like the one in the book. Yeah. So, 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 so you compare him between um, Caesar and the Targaryen reign. <laughs> yeah. So, so essentially, <laughs> Alexander the Great would be like, "Okay, guys, I'm I'm the king, right? Okay, yeah. I'm going to be in the front of you, and I'm going to run headlong into the enemy, yeah. and you come along with me." Yeah. I, whenever I see that, and in, he and he media, actually did that. I think that's so stupid. That is so stupid. But it was. But that was that was the quintessential thing a leader is supposed to do. Yeah. From from get killed first. It, well, <laughs> well, he didn't get killed first. He was he was you know like the bravest, strongest warrior or something like that. Yeah. And he would go headlong into this thing, and then all those people would be like, "Oh, if he's going, yeah. I'm going," and then yeah. they would go in there and they would. And he was a a good general too, and he knew when to strike mm-hmm. and knew where to go. I. Uh, I- I, I I recently met this guy. He's from the U.S. military, yeah. Uh, decorated um, soldier and leader, right? And one of the things he taught me was like, um, 
always be the last one to sit down, last one in line for food. Let all your troops go first. So like in the wartime, he's first yeah. in first in line or first out the gate. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like reward, rest, food, whatever stuff, he's the last one to to get. And 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 he did that in the training class I was in. And I always noticed like, how come he's always last in line to get the food, or why is he always getting the crappy seats in the far back of the room? Mm-hmm. You know. So, but that's that's part of his personality. Yeah. Man, I don't know about that. The Johnny thing sounds okay, but like me, me dying because if I die, then uh, the the leadership structure breaks down. Or whatever. Yeah, I would say I think it's I think it's a probably a newer phenomena where the general or leader is kind of behind in the back. Okay, so here's what you do, right? If you want to do both, so you got you got one of these old school wars where it's like a thousand people lined up in a single file. Across yeah. from each other, yeah. And then you're like, you're you give your rosic speech. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Charge! And then like, then, let me put blue on my face. <laughs> yeah. Then your whole and, and uh, also I hate the Jews. <laughs> 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 and then uh, then so you and, and so you, you throw your sword out and then you run horse first towards the enemy. Yep. And then you're riding full speed. Yep. And then you're riding, you know, quarter speed. And then you kind of go slow, and your army just catches up to you no. and passes you. <laughs> no, you're actually just on a pony, and everybody else has the fast horses. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, you lead out first, and then you just let them pass you. No, no, no. I'm got time to boot up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess probably probably more modern one. I, I haven't read too much about him, but I think Napoleon, maybe. Mm. You know? He always referenced Napoleon. There's two of them. Yeah. There's two of them, Napoleons, I found out. Two Napoleons. Who's yeah, the second one? There's like a Napoleon and like his great nephew or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of them is, you know, the hand in the shirt guy and the other guy did something. They both did something. Oh. I, I don't know which is. I thought, I thought you were going to talk about the other one, the uh, the Napoleon ice cream. Oh, Napoleon. <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's, it's, it's Neapolitan. I wonder if they're related. Is that right? Yeah, it's Neapolitan. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, so Alexander, Alexander the Great died in Iraq. Yep. And uh, and I think the war was going on back then too. And I I think what I heard it was not stop for like the last ten thousand years. (laughs) Nobody has an exit plan out of that thing. Yeah. And I think what what the story I heard about that was is there was like a fortress or something like that, and his men were fighting to go to the fortress, and he was on the wall and he just goes follow me men and he just jumps over the only person over there surrounded by, you know, enemies, and so. so then he jumps over and all those guys are like, oh, crap, you know, the guy's going to die. Mm-hmm. And so they fight like crap and they get in there. And then when they get in there, he had taken a, a giant bolt to the like the torso mm-hmm. and he didn't die there, but he got pulled out. And I think he died like a couple days later mm-hmm. from disease or something. Yeah. OK, so I just pulled up Alexander the Great's like Wikipedia page, right? He's uh, he was king of Macedonia yeah. for like uh, nine years. Then the pharaoh of Egypt, what? Then, the, then the king of Persia and the king wow. of Asia. Wow, but the the the, the known by world, Colin Farrell. Yeah, <laughs> the the known world at that time. If you look at it, it's it's big, but it's not like that big. You know, it went from same size boat. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> like it went from uh, so where Greece is all the way to uh, the plains of I think where the India, the Indus Valley in India. I think mm-hmm. that's about as far as it went over. Hmm. And so he is he is credited with starting the. So so hold on. So so why these people though, man? Sorry. Oh. So why these people? Have you answered that question? Why these people? Um, probably because I think I'm I'm more apt to do something if I know you're willing to do it. Ah, uh-huh. got it. You know, you're not just like uh, shirking something off and being like, eh, I don't want to do it. You do. It. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, that's probably cool. Kind of my thing. All right. 
So I'm trying to figure out how old Alexander the Great was when he did all this stuff, but it's like he died when he was like 30 or something. Yeah, I think he was real young, but the freaking the BC numbers count backwards. So I'm trying to like uh. do the do the math <laughs> yeah. on when he was born and yeah. what year he took over. It's harder. He to did all this stuff before he was even born. <laughs> okay, so he took over King of Macedonia in 336, right? Okay, uh, uh, and then three. Oh, okay, 20. He was 20 when he took over Macedonia. Yeah, because his dad, I think, was murdered or something. I don't know. Seems crazy. Some stuff, man. All right. Well, so, so, so did we appropriately address your leadership? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Just well, curious. Did you talk about yours? Who's your yeah. leadership? No, not yet. So um, mine would be, I'll go with Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I knew it. I should have said it. Oh, <laughs> yes. There the it is. The USS Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a book out there about this, too, actually. What, the so, leadership style of a uh, Picard. Yeah, there it is. Cool. A lot of people follow his uh, his philosophy. I guess. Like, what are some of the high, the high points about his uh, philosophy? And I think he's also very deliberate. Did he ever have a girlfriend? Yeah, had a couple uh, romances in there for sure. Alien yeah, Doctor Crusher, right? Yeah, Doctor Crusher for sure. Yeah. He, that's, that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> that's his nickname. That he was Doctor Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think one of his um, traits is he's, he's deliberate. Um, he he knows the difference between right and wrong, so he has a, a very strong moral compass. So just because the the uh, orders go come down one way, he'll make his own judgment call. He relies on his uh, team for input, and then he formulates a decision from that. Um, and something I picked up from him, maybe is the maybe it's not a good trait these days, is he you know he kept a little distance from his people, but, you know, especially it, the red shirts. Exactly, <laughs> they're, they're gonna be gone anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, so, and he did that on purpose because if he did have to send them into battle, or he, he he didn't want the emotions clouding his judgment, which was addressed on one episode when he started dating one one of the crewmates, mm-hmm. um, and he left that to his uh, first officer, the vice president, or the deputy, whoever you know, to go know the people, know the know the um, the morale of the group, and then report back to him. I could, I would almost ar- I could uh, I could make an argument for the opposite of that being a good thing that you should know these people intimately exactly so you, so you take more seriously the taking sending them into there's into that war. too yeah so I, saw, I saw an interesting thing uh, about the nuclear football it was like a um, nuclear football yeah you know like a, if I, there's a guy with a briefcase that follows the president around it's got the launch codes and you can just launch a nuke whenever you want to there's yeah there's like a marine or something that's yeah. always like always right by the president oh. in case we have and to and you know which one it is because he's got a handcuff himself to the briefcase oh so, I thought you were going to talk about it. There was that one uh, uh, story where that there was someone that uh, said, you know what they should do is they should have the key inside them. And then if the president wants the key, they have to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. You know, like saw, you know. Yeah. There was a, a. You never heard that? Some philosopher no. or some guy, no. some thinker said that because if the president is launching the nukes or whatever, that's killing tens of thousands of people. Yeah, like minimal. at least. It yeah. is a serious thing. Yeah. And so you need to make him or or her consider it very strongly so that this person said okay you should have to kill there should be like a soldier who has the thing or whatever and you should have to kill that soldier wow in order to this goes to, in, to do it this goes into like the other moral ethic questions we've had before where we've talked about um how far would you go to kill somebody as far as how, how far removed are you from that action yeah you know do you do i kind of press this button and somewhere somewhere else that, that person dies the bad person dies or does it change if I have to shoot the person myself? Yep. Does it change if I have to actually knife the person myself? You know, so I didn't think it was a bad person. I think it was like uh, 
Well, for for the moral question, it's like you kill the fat thing. person to save the to push him out onto the train tracks to save the bus. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's how, that's how it's worded. <laughs> it's like there's a there's a train off the rails or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can push somebody into the way, and it will it will yep. it will change the trajectory. It's of honey boo boo. <laughs> but it has to be a fat person. I think that's the way it was worded. Uh, well, what's the weight? Enough to move a bus, um, a speeding bus, and then it, you throw the you kill that person, but then it like it saves the people. Uh, Lance, uh, you you weren't around for this, but our first segment was actually talking about Lance's weight. I mean, uh, Bo's weight. Oh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was working nights, man. I did eat a whole, eat a whole pizza <laughs> like in one day. <laughs> you probably went to Dunkin', didn't you? I yeah. eat Dunkin' Donuts, Krispy Kreme, boom. <laughs> Okay. What's your segment? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so appreciate everybody's thought on that. Um, if our uh, our listeners have uh, somebody that they look up to or they'd like to share, please drop us a line. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Junto Show. I am Johnny. I'm Bo. I'm Lance. All right. And now time for our famed pop culture discussion. Bloop, bloop, so, what kind of stuff is uh, entertaining you guys these days that you guys are finding um, super awesome, enough to recommend to our listeners here? So, what I have been watching is Ken Burns' The Civil War. Hey, I've seen that. What? Yeah. So, it, back in 1990, like one or two or something, uh, PBS uh, with a couple uh, corporate sponsors, they put together like this, I don't know how many parts, probably like eight episode series on The Civil War. So I'm on episode three right now, yeah. out of eight. It's it's a it's pretty good. Yeah. How much yeah. do you know about the Civil War going in? Are you, are you like getting a baseline of information for this, or are you like adding to an existing uh, knowledge set? Uh, I would say I have I have a existing knowledge, but it's probably not that good. Mm. So, uh, so don't, I'm don't, don't spoil the ending for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the boat sinks. <laughs> oh goodness! So, so why the show is uh, so awesome? Um, I think it's. I mean, I, I like I like documentaries, and oh. uh, I everybody's always said that this documentary is good. It seems apt for the political climate. Yeah, getting ready for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've decided to watch this one. It's and super. It's super it. interesting. Like, because yeah, this, this one, the Civil War, and you know, like. Uh, American history is very uh, interesting to me, so I like mm-hmm. to know the dynamics of all of it, like that. So the and Ken Burns, I think, is like his documentary is probably the most famous of the Civil War documentaries. Yeah. So it's good. And you like learn all the names of the people, and then you know you actually know what Gettysburg is after mm-hmm. hearing about it for your entire life and just kind of knowing it was a, a battle. Yeah, there's a well. Th- what really kind of spurred me on to actually watch this was he's going to come up with his documentary about Vietnam Ooh. pretty soon. So he spent ten years doing wow. a documentary on Vietnam War. Cool. And I think it's gonna be like twelve episodes. And I was like, ah, you know, I kinda wanna watch that. Yeah. But to prep for that, I'm watching his Civil, Civil War, War documentary. Cool. Nice. All right. Hey, so uh I'm just give a good edit point here. What was, what was the Civil War fought over? Uh well, so <laughs> There's only one answer, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like the poll people. It's the easiest softball question. <laughs> Don't screw it up like Trump. Well, there are there's people on both sides. <laughs> Many sides. Many on both sides. sides. Many, Many sides. sides. So, okay, I guess short answer is slavery. So, um, give give you a real answer that you were going to say. Real answer? Uh, Still I would only say one answer. Johnny, t- 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 you're t- 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 <laughs> so, trying to lose a friend here. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
I think there was a there was a steady build up to war over the years prior to the start of the Civil War, right? If you read the book that that Grant wrote, uh, that he he blamed the Civil War on the Mexican American War. That's interesting. Yeah. So what he what Grant happened? Did this, huh? Yeah, Grant said that, hmm. and he said it was a it was a direct core. It was a direct lead up to it. So what had happened, right, was the the Southern states uh, had slavery, and the Northern states didn't. And then whenever the Mexican American War happened, uh, yeah, yeah. they incorporated the call the territories of like Missouri and all this kind of stuff. Oh, like Texas and Yeah, Texas. So there was a big swath of these these territories and lands mm-hmm. and they were trying to decide, you know, w- w- how will these states kind of go? Will they, you know, have slaves or will they not? Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people who wanted to have slaves ran over to those territories and started being, yes, we want slaves over, yes, we want slaves. Like it, like taking up elected office and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, as abolition grew in the North, right, the Republican Party started feeling more candidates that were mm-hmm. more and more abolitionist, and the 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 slave owners in the South, you know, they didn't really like that, obviously. Sounds right. And then whenever, and it's and it started getting worse and worse every year, uh, every president. So the two presidents before Lincoln, they didn't do anything to like curb this stuff they were just like i guess they were kind of like almost do nothing presidents as far as as this mm-hmm. and so like a uh, kick the the bucket down the kick the bucket down the road so the abolitionists can. kick the can yeah so the 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 people that were the abolitionists and the people that were slaveholders they didn't there was nothing done to bridge the gap or yeah like to a, bridge the gap to do like anything alleviate the tension yeah alleviate the tension uh no political solution they didn't even try uh, which you know, if you know about President Buchanan, which was right before President Lincoln, they mm-hmm. a lot of people think he was gay. Ooh. So he was a gay person that liked slaves, I guess. Oh, oh, was he like banging his slaves? No, I don't think he was banging slaves, mm-hmm. but he didn't do anything to he didn't he didn't do anything to help out the situation. Okay. So then, uh, whenever Lincoln got in office, the uh, slave owning slave owners of the South, yeah, they started writing on the wall. They said. They said, okay, you know, this guy, he's he's with the abolitionist. He's going to take away this. So let's secede from the union, mm-hmm. essentially. And so all the states, you know, they put out these these letters that said, you know, we're going to secede. And then they set up their new Congress. And, that's it. and then what happened was there was a battle at the Charleston Harbor or something like that. Yeah, some Fort Sumter. Yeah, Fort Sumter. Yeah. And then, and then Lincoln sent some troops down there. And then you know, there's, there's a big everything. argument over who who fired the first shot. Like I got into an argument with some racist on Twitter, and he was like, uh, you, "The North uh, fired the first shot nah, at, it doesn't matter. in the war." And I was like, "It's like it's a, the war of Northern aggression because they fired the first shot at, at the place or whatever." And I was like, "What?" And yeah. I looked it up, and it was like, it, "It's in dispute." But I was like, "Yeah, the, I think it's it's there's there's no clear person who who fired the first shot. I think war was inevitable, no yeah. matter what." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think. I can say that it was all South Carolina's fault. <laughs> <laughs> were they the first to secede? Yeah, they were first to secede. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I know about the Civil War. That's, and then that's pretty good. Yeah, beyond that, you know, beyond that, then um, I don't know anything much about after Civil War, like Reconstruction. And that's the next thing I'm going to focus yeah. on because so, so the Civil War, you know, fought uh, in the Sixteenth Amendment and into slavery and all that good stuff like that. Yep. And as I understand it, and I know the the high points, but I want to get in depth on it. There was a lot of like black progress in the years immediately following the Civil War, like yep. um, <laughs> the 
there was like a, a lot of black they got the right to, black people got the right to vote so there was like a lot of elected officials in the south because the south was like heavily heavily black especially in certain counties or whatever so you were able to get black representation and then the powerful white people you know who in the south who had just had their you know the previous several hundred years of black people not being citizens not having any power whatsoever mm-hmm. didn't like getting their power taken away so they started trying to uh like take away their their the black people's voting rights and, yeah. and that's where we started all that stuff like that but but there was like i think i think it was like 12 years where things were actually pretty good where black people were making progress like it was like a on on the the slope things were going up and then there was some weird, but also like the Northern army was still in the South, like occupying it to make sure that they comply with all these things like that. Yeah. And then after reconstruction broke down, um, I think there was like a contested election where I think the, the electoral college was tied or something like that. And they made, yeah, a I co- think the closest election was in the late 1800s. Yeah. It's, it's, it's this yeah. one. And like they, um, they made a compromise. It was like, okay, we'll take the, if you give us the presidency, we'll like remove the Northern army out of the South. And, and so like the, the, I don't know who probably did, Democrats, whoever the hell, like got the presidency, but then also the South got to, without having the National Guard or whoever, like telling them to not be racist. That's when us your your segregation and all that stuff like that, like really started picking up. Yeah, there was not to get too political or anything. Pop like culture, that. <laughs> yeah, pop culture. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this too much. It's more. not we're talking about the uh, Confederate show. <laughs> yeah, well, so I will say that uh, the Kinburn Civil War, uh, there was, you know, I guess the one thing that I did like from it was. I forget what her name was, but she's one of the historians on it. And, you know, I think what she said uh, about the, the war itself was, that was kind of, I thought it was kind of poignant. She was like, you know, what well, a war that had started out as, you know, senseless violence, essentially. Because at the beginning of the war, there was no moral cause to it. Uh, I disagree, but we'll move on. Yeah, but by by the middle of the war to the end of the war. Are we still on pop culture? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Confederate. <laughs> <laughs> But by the by the middle to end of the war, the um, the war had um, taken on a a, uh, a moral cause. It had become like a I don't know what exactly word she 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 had put it, but it had started as kind of a almost like a normal war, not quite you know no no, no wars are normal, mm-hmm. and then by the end of it, it had become like almost like a righteous war or something like that. Yeah, I I think I've heard things along along those yeah. lines. It's like the South knew that they were with the, well. There's a lot of propaganda on, on, on both sides of that, or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I'll just go ahead and halfway agree with that. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I'll have to get what she, exactly what she said. But. No, nah, but uh, if you want to talk about this uh, civil war, whenever you want to talk about it, let me know. I'm all about it. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> in pop other pop culture, edit, news. edit back in. <laughs> edit. I want to edit. I think it's good. Oh, okay. I, I like the rambling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's great, especially talk about civil war. Uh, oh, okay. So here's the thing that I saw: uh, Netflix made its first acquisition. They're going to they bought uh, Millar World from Mark Millar. Mm-hmm. The uh, he's the comic book writer and artist who made Kick Ass writer. Writer? He didn't draw. Who's our? Oh, Ramita. I think Ramita draws the stuff. Good job. Uh, well, anyway, he's the the creator of uh, Kick Ass, Kingsman, and uh, Old Man Logan. So I'm, I'm guessing they're going to start. Uh, I don't know, making shows off. Maybe, maybe not those pro- uh, those properties. Yeah, they're, they're sold already, but he's got tons of other properties that are pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited about it because Kingsman yeah. was great. Yeah. And so if like he, everything that he that I've seen that's been made into a movie based on his stuff so far has been awesome. Loved, yeah. And I'm like, way to go, Netflix. Good job. Uh, next pop culture thing. Johnny, have you seen the new season of Master or None? 
No, I have not. I've not seen the first season. You haven't seen the first season of Master of no. None? Still on my queue. Like two episodes. Still on <laughs> my queue. Well, you said you saw two or you've seen all but two? I've seen only two. Oh. I love that show. Yeah. It's, it's pretty probably, funny. It's probably good. Just a lot of shows out there. Oh, I don't know. All right. So, so your recommendation is to bump that up on the list? <sighs> well, it's not Given like what's all out there to, to, these it, days. I would not, say it's better than average. Yeah, it's, be, yeah, it's, it's better than average. It's not amazing, but there's a... lot of shows better than average. I would say, Johnny, it would it would hit your sensibilities because mm. it's got like a a big immigrant parent mm. aspect to it. All right. And Hashtag movie mojo. Yeah. Cinema larity. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. So I think I think you might uh, enjoy seeing somebody else's experience or I guess yeah. an experience similar to yours. Cool. Uh, displayed on. I'll bump it up the list again. Yeah. Before it gets falling down the list. And I, the same thing that came up is that uh, one of the writers of Master of None is nominated for an Emmy and she is the first black woman writer ever nominated for an Emmy. Very cool. Hey. Nice. About should, time. I should say your name, but I don't know it. So <laughs> congratulations to, insert name here. <laughs> We're all super proud of her name here. <laughs> so th- there's a few things I've been consuming lately that's uh, been pretty good. There's a uh, movie called uh, Match starring Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart. Um, and it's a pretty good show. I would direct. Well, there you go. I just said match, and my iPad chimed in and told yeah. me what it's all about. It's it's been doing that a lot lately. Your yeah. uh, your series is extra nosy. <laughs> I guess so. So it's a pretty good movie. It's basically about the three characters only. Um, I won't want to ruin it too much, but it's basically it's fine. I'm not going to watch match. Okay. Well, there goes my recommendation. Well, oh, oh, Johnny, I, I mean, Johnny, yeah, I like, I do like Johnny. Like, I love this movie. It's great. And we're both like, we're not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I shouldn't say that. I'll say if you, if you, if there is a spoiler, it's fine if you say it. All right. To us. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler, on spoiler alert. Yeah. If you dare watch yeah. Match by Patrick Stewart. So okay. the concept here is Match. Patrick Stewart plays a uh, a ballet instructor, right? Older in life, he's a. Uh, no wife, uh, no kids, living by himself. Kind of a little bit lonely, perhaps, right? A little bit of an eccentric character. This uh, couple shows up to interview him under the guise of this is a, dis- a dissertation paper on a study of about dancing, right? So they start interviewing him, and it quickly you quickly suspect there's something going on with the guy that's interviewing him, played by uh, Matthew Lillard. Oh, yeah, I know the guy. He was yeah. uh, Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So clearly something goes awry, and I, I and I did kind of guess it where uh, Matthew Lillard thinks Patrick Stewart is his father, mm. right? That a long time ago, in one of um, Patrick Stewart's escapades, he was hooked up with his mother, impregnated her, and then he didn't want to have anything to do with raising the kid, right? So it's a very tense situation, tense conversation, right? Un- under these false pretenses, they're in in Patrick Stewart's house, and then all this comes out, and then Matthew Lillard gets like really angry and gets kind of violent, right? And actually um, puts down Patrick Stewart and swabs his mouth because the whole point there kind of is to ask him if he would uh, voluntarily participate in a DNA match. And when Patrick Stewart said no, Matthew Lillard just lost it and kind of just like jumped him, right? Yep. So they go through this whole thing. Matthew Lillard runs out of the apartment. His girlfriend is dumbfounded by this whole thing. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. This is just meant to see if you would tell us or not or or agree to it. It wasn't supposed to get that far out of hand. And in the course of the movie... Um, it turns out Patrick Stewart did know about it, right? That that, that was his son, Ooh. right? That he's been kept afar on purpose, that his wife, uh, the, the mom actually asked him, don't participate in this kid's life if you choose not to, um, you know, be part of it. Okay. Right? So this whole thing comes down, and they eventually get to an understanding at the end of the movie, right? 
and the DNA result comes back that he is not his father. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's just a you know, twist and turn in, in every which way based on three characters. So pretty good uh, acting, I'd say. Okay, so the three characters were uh, Patrick Stewart, Matthew Lillard, and uh, girlfriend, uh, and Maury Povich. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the father. <laughs> and then he starts doing ballerina dances. <laughs> plie. Yeah. And one more thing I'd like to recommend out there if somebody else would take my recommendation. Uh, I shouldn't say this thing. So. Is the uh, the uh, lead actor from uh, Baby Driver. Oh, hey. Right? That movie's pretty good, right? Yeah. The lead okay. driver, guys, young dude named by uh, Ansel Elgort. Mm-hmm. Right? Terrible name. Go on, though. So, apparently he's a singer, too. Oh, and really? He's got a track out there called Thief, which I thoroughly enjoy. It's a little bit of a throwback to, like, 80s-type music. Okay. Um, I will listen to that. Yeah, I'll listen to that, too. Right. I might, I'll, I'll put a snippet in the uh, in the show here. Fantastic. Okay. So send, me, send me a link to it. Would Wait, is that, is that... Is that the, is that him on the cover of this That's thing? him right there. I'm showing Lance a picture of the cover of the uh, single. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's trying to look really cool, man. The, uh, can, can we do show, uh, show art? <laughs> He's trying to look cool. I think you can, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you describe for our listeners what uh, you're looking it's, at? Uh, so it's Baby Driver, the, the actor, and he's like, I don't know, in a, in a tub, uh, I guess naked, and he's like, he's got his arm around like this uh, dark-haired model, and he's like looking back at us like... Yeah, yeah. You want to be me? <laughs> so. it looks, All right. Looks very German, like some type of a German romance, German R and B. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Have I seen anything? Oh, so I saw Train to Busan, oh. a, a movie. I think Bo recommended. Yeah. Yeah, a while back. Uh, it's like a Korean zombie movie. Yep. Super good. <laughs> fat, uh, fast zombies. Is all you need to know about that. Scariest thing. Second scariest thing in the world besides a uh, smart alien invasion. Fast zombies, smart alien. Inv- well, yeah, like aliens who with uh ray guns and stuff like that. You're dead. Like they're, you're enslaved. Oh. They're, they're they're getting your butthole. You can't fight that. Yeah, I guess there is kind of like the dumb alien and smart alien. And the dumb alien is more kind of like either kind of like a plague kind of thing, mm-hmm. or they're like aliens, or they're just these giant creature monster things, right? Yeah, like uh, like yeah, exactly like if it was aliens from like uh the actual alien movie where they're not that super acid, intelligent. Yeah, yeah, you, like our armies can, can take those out. But if it's some type of like we're fighting an alien army where there's like generals and they have ray guns and Independence Day type stuff, that's a wrap. We don't beat that. Independence Day, that old movie, was uh, a scam to get our it's propaganda. We would not beat them. <laughs> <laughs> not by a long shot. Uh, I'm working on that anti-alien virus. No, oh, whatever. That's so, <laughs> so like yeah. So in order of, of worst apocalypses, you got smart aliens, you got your fast zombies, then you got your uh, your your run of the mill plagues. You're running the mill plagues. Yeah, I like the but bubonic mm-hmm. killed two thirds of Europe. Yeah, yeah. And then you got your uh, you got your your slow zombies. Also, what about uh, natural disasters? Where does that fit into the ranking? You like the oh, day like after the, tomorrow like kind like of global thing? warming? Okay, yeah. so, so I'll put that uh, right after. We would have zombies or natural disasters. Uh, natural disaster, for sure. Fast then fast zombies. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, okay. Do do meteorites and comets? Is that natural disaster? Oh, like okay, so I mean, one that like uh, because that would be worse than zombies. Right? Well, yeah, because it kills you instantly. But like, I'm thinking more like if you survive the actual initial impact of the thing. Yeah, it's true. And exactly. You got to live in a world where it's all screwed up or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, better recover from that than constantly live in fear. Mm-hmm. What about nuclear winter? Where's that? That that's uh, I'll count that as like some type of a uh, global disaster. Okay. Meteor, nuclear winter, all same thing. Yeah, that's uh that's after plague. Or along the same lines of plate. That's 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 low, low scariness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, mine mine is a little flipped. Nuclear winter is number one. 
uh, and uh, and or Excuse comet me. thing. I'll take yeah. a nuclear bomb over fe- uh, smart aliens all day, every day. You would take an okay. I'm taking like like all the nuclear bombs. That's nuclear. Winter, hey, right? both. You know what that nuclear bomb's not going to do? Probe your butthole. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. All right. Good job. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, okay, I need to say all right. Okay, so speaking of probing buttholes, uh, go to our website. <laughs> I'm working on our transitions. <laughs> okay. Our segues. Things you need to work on it. Uh, yeah, so check us out at uh, Hunto Show. Please leave us five-star review on iTunes or whatever. And on Stitcher. On Stitcher, and Stitcher. Leave us yeah. a five-star review. It really helps other people find it. If you enjoyed our show, which we surely did because it's uh, the best, uh, leave us a review, and uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>